We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 97.1 fm talk podcast wednesday afternoon we're taking into thanksgiving on the mark reardon show we're going to get a mizzou preview with my friend chris gervino from the tigers radio network coming up closer to 5 30 the tigers in arkansas try to make it 10 and 2 on this great season and we'll talk a little mizzou basketball as well with gervino um you know we we sold out i've kind of been telegraphing this sue and we finally got there the announcement official this morning we sold out the kill me christmas event brian's coming into town a week from friday if yeah, you believe it's it, it's, it's almost here. It's December 1st. At this point, I don't really need to share information or details because there are no more tickets. We're going to have about 330 97.1 FM Talk listeners packing that place. Brian's coming in with his book, Teddy and Booker T, How Two American Icons Blazed a Path for Racial Equality. We're going to have a great dinner that night and have a lot of fun. So congratulations if you got the tickets because I think it is going to be a blast. I actually heard him on Fox this morning. It was either this morning or yesterday, and they were kind of teasing him just about going Going to all these locations, he flashed up, you know, on yeah, the screen yeah, that yeah. he was coming to Eureka. It didn't say St. Louis. Louis. And you know, one of the things that happens at the events we experienced this at the MAC last year is that people will ask questions about some of the Fox personalities, and there's some, you know, there's some candor that is allowed yeah. in the room as long as you don't record it and blast it out on Twitter or right. something like that. But it's going to be a fun event a week from Friday. Hey, Sue, something special for this um, Wednesday Thanksgiving edition of the show. From beneath the dry desert sands, springs, and oasis, you've just been transported to Rick's Resort. Oh, yeah, he's got his own theme song. My my buddy Rick Niner, who's out in Las Vegas, and we thought we'd touch base with him. We tried to do it before the F1 race last Friday, but unfortunately he has a real job and he couldn't join us last Friday. But he's with us this afternoon from beautiful... Las Vegas, Nevada. Rick, how are you? Good afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm good. You're going to need to update that promo. I don't hear a, I don't hear a Formula One car zipping by oh, when it finishes. Yeah. You got to you got to add that. You got to add it. I think we do after last weekend. Now, look, your your perspective on this might be a little different than other people. The one thing I heard from you three weeks leading up to the race was the strip is a nightmare. You have to avoid the strip. You live in the burbs, obviously, but they shut nearly everything down just to get ready for that race. Oh, it, it it was insane. It was it was very difficult. I think as most of the people were reporting for the locals here. I mean, the strip was shut down to traffic for about a week. Um, the Monday before the the event, which the preliminaries I think started on Thursday, so they shut the strip down to traffic. And and so you also have all those employees, all those workers that go there. They all they had to find supplemental parking. They had to get transportation oh. to haul them back in and out of all of those casinos. I mean, it was, it was a, it was, it was a monstrous feat. 
But I have to say, after after everything that I've heard and read about it, it seems as if it went off pretty well. I think they hit their estimates. Their estimates. I think they thought they would estimate about one point three billion dollars of revenue, and it sounds like they did it. So it's. I guess I guess that means it paid off. I'll wait and see if my taxes go up. If they do, then I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> Rick, I have to say, it did look really cool from the sky. You know, when they would do a, an above shot of the strip in the race, that looked awesome. But then, no, it, you know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, Sue. I mean, the, the overall presence of it was unbelievable, I think. But the problem that I heard from a lot of viewers, the people that were there, the people that paid, and by the way, about 300,000 people during the yeah, F1, which is, which is close to what we get for New Year's Eve. The difference is we don't generate $1.3 billion in revenue, so a lot of big spenders. I, I heard, and I'll get back to your, your question there, uh, or your comment on, on the overall scenery of it, but I also heard that uh, big casinos like the Wynn and uh, the Bellagio, the high roller, um, the, 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 the employees oh, of sure. the high roller area, they – may have taken home $100,000 in bonuses that weekend oh from all. Gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, while a lot of problems, a lot of stuff, beautiful from the sky. I heard when you actually bought tickets, it's not as exciting because you wait, 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 car whip around, wait, right, wait, wait, right. car rip around. And you don't, you don't get the view like you're at a horse track because, you know, it goes so yeah, far. Right. So, yeah, that was one thing. So a lot of people were like, it was fun to go to, a lot of fun events. But as far as the actual event, it's kind of dull because you just for a second, it's like, boom, and then they're gone. And then you got to wait till they complete around the whole track. You don't see it. So less fun. That's why I think so much was built around the strip with places to eat. So you could, it was almost like you'd yeah. be eating and watching cars whip by. But Well, you know, I was there. We were, Becky and I were there, obviously, in September. It was the first weekend of September. We went out for her birthday and uh, the opening NFL weekend. And we went to the Strip and we, we saw some of the, you know, prep work. But the one thing that really stood out, Rick, was the Formula One people built it wasn't really temporary they they have an entire structure that they built just for their offices and their organization wow. which i don't know how you describe how big it is but it is ginormous it looks like a big office building yeah it looks like it could be something sitting in westport i mean it's absolutely without a doubt you're absolutely right i mean no no they're definitely here for a while i think it's a three or four year contract they've already oh. they're already lining up the dates for next year it's going to take them about six to eight weeks to supposedly disassemble everything that they put up to get to get it back but the good thing about it is it's all ready then for the following right the following races they don't have to construct the grandstands they just have to store them and bring them out so it should be much easier the next couple of go-arounds they had to repave the entire area again from what i've heard they only have to do that every three or four years of the race so it seems as if this was the big chunk that really took out a lot of it just took you know just was really difficult to kind of like i said i stopped going to the strip maybe a week before they shut it down because it was just a disaster so i think a lot of inconveniences for locals but hopefully they shorten that up uh, when they when they bring it in future events. But I definitely think it's a go for the next couple of years with the money it generated. So the other big story, obviously, out of Vegas, and we've talked about it before, is Sphere. And on that trip, I've seen it being built for the last few years because I've been out to visit you so often. But one of the things that you and I have talked about, and we did talk about this quite a bit in September, is how are they going to make money? Now, U2 is the big story because they have the residency. But we've we've also questioned out loud, hey, 
how are you going to you know, pay for $2 billion of this structure? And there's been some developments along those lines that have indicated that we might be right about those questions, right, Rick? Well, a lot. I mean, first quarter revenue loss was $100 million, so that isn't, that isn't promising. Um, the CFO immediately resigned. There's lots of tension going on. You know, the gentleman that owns it, what's his name, Dolan, who also owns the Knicks and Madison Square Garden, I mean, he's he definitely supposed to be somewhat of a pretty rigid CEO. So uh, I'm just shocked that it's taking them this long to figure out that they need to fill more than just you two. The biggest thing that I'm shocked is they haven't announced any additional residences. I mean, you two ends in February. There's a lot of talk that they're supposedly going to in, in negotiations with Beyonce. Um, but to this date, they haven't announced anything. And that just surprises me because I would think ticket sales would be revenue yeah, generating they that they okay. would get. Yeah. Are, they, <laughs> are they not selling it out, Rick? I mean, because if they are, then it, why would they have be well, back? Every you night, know though. what I mean? It, oh, is that yeah, How many shows well, does you two have? Do the math. Uh, three, three nights. It's, I believe it's three nights a week. I think it's like. I think it's like one night, either a Wednesday night or Thursday night, and then Friday, Saturday. That's it. It's So it's three nights, a couple of hours. You know, you're not doing seven nights a week. Yeah. Um, it's no different than any other residency on the Strip. It all centers around the weekend and visitors coming in. So, you know, the, the issue needs to be you need to get a lot more people in there. And what are you going to do after the Super Bowl? Because the U2 residency ends that weekend. Oh, man. So what, what are you doing? You know, well, you're, you're almost in December and you haven't announced it yet. I mean, that's just shocking to me. But the other part of Sphere is, and this, is, this has been confusing to, I think, you and I from the beginning. They have this movie screen option where, and who was it that filmed the movie? It's not exactly IMAX. It's a different format. But part of the revenue stream is supposed to come from these specialized movies that play there. Yeah, so Darren Aronofsky, you know, Black Swan, uh, The the Whale, uh, has made this special movie that can only be shot with these special cameras that can only be shown in the sphere, and um, it plays. And it's like 50 bucks a ticket, so it'll play during the day. It doesn't, obviously, it doesn't coincide with you, too. I haven't seen any numbers on what that's generating. I just can't believe that somebody from... St. Louis or Kansas City or Tulsa, Oklahoma is going to fly to Vegas to go see a Darren Aronofsky movie about right. climate change because I think that's what it's about to tell oh you the truth. So. Okay, but here's the other thing. So I'm on the website here. Yeah, forget it. I'm not in on that. It says the uh, the Sphere Experience. The Sphere Experience starts with Aura, our real-life humanoid robot who will take you on a tour into the future of technology. The experience continues with a specially commissioned film by Darren Aronofsky. But the price Prices on this, like you have to pay, it's up to two hundred fifty dollars just for that. The tickets for the movie and all that experience starts at sixty nine dollars, actually eighty nine yeah. on the higher price nights, and they go to two hundred forty nine. And there's three shows, four thirty seven and nine thirty. Well, that's pretty pricey for that. Yeah, no kidding. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it'd have to be a really good movie for me to want to pay that. <laughs> but hey, right. I mean, you know. But, hey, here's, here's the other thing that's interesting about the Sphere that you probably don't know, and this is really interesting, is there was going to be another one built. The plan was to build a Sphere identical to this one in London. What? And it got rejected by the city of London. Well, they gee, I wonder no. why. Since this one has been so financially secure. So that kind of tells you that there may be some concerns with what uh-huh. they were trying to say. do here. But, hey. 
the great thing is, Mark, you're going to be out here in a few weeks. We're going to experience it, and it's going to be fantastic. We're going to go see you, too, so we're going to be able to report back. So. Yeah. Oh, good. I have, Ooh, we have I'm tickets excited for December for 8th. I'm, I'm heading out there December 8th. Rick Niner from Las Vegas with us. The other story in the last couple of weeks, and, and this has been trending in this direction, but now I think it's even more official. Maybe you can kind of dial us into the plans here. But the, uh, the much to the disappointment of the people in Oakland, the A's are going to move to Vegas, and they have more plans when it comes to oh. building that stadium, right? Look, I mean, it, it certainly seems like it's a done deal. I saw the city, I saw the Oakland A's made an announcement that they talked about how great the Oakland fans were and how excited they were. Um, you know, it's been approved unanimously by, by Major League Baseball owners. I think, you know, there's some tax rebate issues that are going on here, but I think the big question was, would it be approved by the owners? And I think once that got done, I don't really think anything's going to stand in the way. So my understanding is, they're going to build the stadium. I think the number one choice is where the Tropicana is. There's some really cool displays online of what they're planning to build. It's like a a, a, a half dome, I guess is what it would be called, or half enclosed. And um, they should be, they're expecting to play there in 2028. But the question is, their lease in Oakland ends in 2024. This is the last year coming up next year. They're going to play there. So where do they play 25, 26, and 27? Oh, boy. And that – they haven't decided. It sounds like they could split between going to Sacramento and playing in a ballpark there. And then we have a triple-A ball club here called the Aviators that has a – we have a, a little ballpark that I think seats like 35 or 30 that they may also play in for a period of time too. So it looks like the A's will be a nomad for a few years. Can I ask yeah, – That's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. How much is Vegas benefiting from the exodus of California – Lots. Yeah. Lots. Sue, it's, I mean, that, it's it, nuts out there, it, Sue. I, you would not even believe the amount of construction. I, wow. No, it, it, and really the benefit is this, is that, and, and I noticed this years ago, and I've been, I've been a resident now of Vegas of over 20 years, and it's, you know, what it is is it's all due to high-priced living in California. So, you know, you, real estate's high, taxes are high, and Las Vegas butts up to it. And it just they get the benefits, but so does you know so does Arizona, so does other some of these other states. But Nevada's really reaped the benefits because you could sell your house over there. It could be in California, let's say it's twenty five hundred square feet. It's a million dollars you sell it. Let's say you know let's say you've had it for a while and you got six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand in equity. You come over here, you buy a four hundred thousand. Three, uh, three thousand four hundred, uh, three thousand square foot, four hundred thousand yeah. home. You bank the rest. You don't pay right. any state taxes. It's a better right. deal. It's just, yeah. it's all so lots of benefit. The growth, the growth they expect, I think, in the next ten years, it'll be well over three million people living here. Wow. Yeah. Every, you know, and I, I, I was trying to do the count since, um, since four years ago. Um, I was telling George Gray. George Gray was just in my friend from the Price is Right, Ricky. And I remember going to L.A. In November of 2019 for the junket for The Irishman, you know, the Scorsese sure. movie. And then I came out, you know, Becky and I were, see, we saw you in December. And then I think I've been out there during the pandemic, ups and downs, sometimes on planes that had like five people on them, 16 times. I think this might be my 17th trip coming up here Good in grief. December. And I bring that up because I've seen, you know, the ups and downs of Vegas over the last couple of decades going out there. And the the level of construction, you know, they moved the uh, the Raiders there. They built the big facility. And then everything had to build up around the Raiders facility. There's a new hospital. There's apartments everywhere. Jeez. There's homes. There's new neighborhoods. There's a new casino going out where you live in the Burbs. So whatever's happening to the economy is not happening to the economy in Las Vegas, right? Well, 
Well, and e- well, and even better so. What you also just learned is when a lot of these when a lot of these cities question their sports franchises and how much they cost. And I I don't dispute that. I think Vegas has a much better way of being able to do tax benefits for these teams and get it back because of tourism. That's the massive deal. But you can't say that there's a, not an after effect. And every time one of these major league sports teams has moved here, there has been an after effect of smaller businesses moving in, people oh. growth. So that's the yeah. expectation. I mean, in the next couple of years, this is going to be a four sport city. I mean, it's going to be baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. I mean, it, it's going to it's a, going to be a right. major sports area, and people are going to follow because of that. And you know, yeah, because absolutely. we've seen this with with the the Packers yeah. fans and the Steelers fan going to Allegiant. When the A's are there, the Cardinals fans will book trips out there, especially get a weekend Cardinals series or a Cubs series or something like that. I'm not I'm not saying we would go to the Cubs series. I'm saying Cubs fans will, but that will be a draw for fans. There's no <laughs> doubt. How many times have you and I talked about it? We're like, man, we can't wait for the A's to come to town. I want to go to a Cardinal A game. I mean, that's you know, it's like. No, it is absolutely. So I think they I think they estimate that they'll draw an additional one and a half to two million visitors if they get baseball. So it does have this effect. And I think particularly butted up to California, the the double effect that it has back to your question, Sue, too, is a lot of people look at it and say, well, heck, why don't we just move one state over? We move. We have a small business. Exactly. We move it over there. No. And so there is a real after effect of that stuff happening and and it, it it's it's almost getting too big <laughs> yeah to no say. i can get that hey before i let you go let me throw a musical story in here just because you shared this with me and i think it's interesting that i don't there's not a lot of details on this but daryl hall and john oates are embroiled in a legal battle that has led to daryl hall suit requesting a restraining order against oates these guys have known each other since going to temple university in philadelphia you know, in the 1970s. They met in the elevator. Remember, we had that at Sue's News. They each had their own band, and something happened, and they met in the elevator. But wait, so why is he suing him? Well, they don't say. Yeah. They don't say. Because I looked that up earlier, and I thought maybe you guys knew. Because I didn't do that story, because well, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> well, here's the deal, Sue. They don't say, but everybody, you know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you follow this one. It's money. It's always oh, about you're right. money. You're right, Rick. Of always, course it's about it's, money. It's about money. Somewhere along the line, it's no different than Journey and what's going on with them battling. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, other. It's something about money. It's always about money. Okay, here's what Variety says. I just looked okay, this up. Okay, good. Well, TMZ is reporting this, but Variety says, Hall disparaged Oates on Bill Maher's Club Random podcast last year, saying, you think John Oates is my partner. He's my business partner. He's not my creative partner. He went on to say, John and I are brothers, but we're not creative brothers. We're business partners. We made we- we made records called Hall and Oates together, but we've always been very separate, and that's a real important thing for me. So I don't know what's going that's on, but money. you're right. There's, there's something to do with money, but yep. the restraining order is what makes it interesting. That's right. I didn't know that part. Huh. Very well, interesting. There might have been threats or anything like that. Who knows? Who knows what's the involved? juicy tidbits of these musical yeah, no <laughs> drama, drama everywhere. All right, listen. You have last year. My family was out there in Las Vegas for Thanksgiving. This year we're here. You have a great Thanksgiving. We will chat, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys. Thanks, Good to talk Rick. to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Tigers preview coming up. Chris Gervino from the Tigers Radio Network. Plus, we have an audio cut of the day still to come this hour. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Audio cut of the day coming up here. We're off the next couple of days. I don't know if I mentioned that today. We have a best of show tomorrow and Friday. The whole crew will be back, including Fred, who's in Miami. We had a little fun with Fred going to Miami. If you want to check the... Uh, the X, formerly Twitter, at Mark Reardon, KFTK. We put some pictures of Fred down in Miami. They're really not pictures of Fred in Miami, but made it look like they're pictures of Fred in Miami. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, audio cut of the day, I think I mentioned that. What else do I have to cover here? Sue's going to be back with a traffic report in just a few minutes. Look, we got a big, big Mizzou game Friday in Arkansas. And Sue, can I ask a question before I do this here? I had, and this is self-indulgent just because I have friends that are coming in. They're saying they're at a dead stop at Forestell. Yeah, that, eastbound You've been reporting on that, I'm sure. Is that, yeah. going to, um, is that going to improve for them because they're coming to my house tonight? Well, are they at, here's he the problem. He said it was a dead stop. They've been is, just stopped there. There's an accident in the left lane at Forestell, and there's a parking lot jam back to Wright City. So if he's at Forestell, he's really close. If he can just get past Forestell, it'll open up and look fine. Yeah, they said they're about a mile, so we'll keep you posted oh, yeah, on Sorry, that. it's at Highway T and Highway W, left lane blocked. Get over to the right. There you go. Personalized traffic here from my <laughs> friends uh, Mo and Robin coming in from Columbia. Chris Gervino, speaking of Columbia, dear friend from my days at the journalism school. He's, of course, one of the big voices on the Tigers radio network. And we got a big game against Arkansas. We'll touch on some basketball here as well well but chris how are you well i'm doing well it's always good to be on with you mark thanks i feel like we're bringing this full circle we chatted right before the season began and uh, lo and behold this has kind of turned out the way we had hoped i mean you can get a little picky here and say damn it i wish we would have beat lsu or you know we kept it close with georgia but what an amazing season chris and you've been around mizzou football for a long time this is one of the better ones in the last three decades (laughs) absolutely five decades Yeah, do I hear six? Yes, no, that's exactly. Probably enough. I think they were pretty good in the '60s. That's for sure. Best winning percentage in college football. A lot of people may not realize that when Dan Devine was here. But oh, yeah. uh, anyway, I, I digress a bit. Um, it's been great, and yeah, you'll take uh, nine and two, won't you? Going into the regular season finale, even with the LSU game, I mean that's pretty darn good. And we had talked way back when at the start of the season. I really, 
knew that the schedule set up well for Missouri, you know, barring any horrific injuries or just shocking developments by teams. Uh, I love the way the schedule set up with all those uh, first four games in the state of Missouri, three at Furrow Field and the fourth in St. Louis against Memphis. And I told you I thought a key was the Kansas State game. Yeah. Never did I think they'd win with a 61-yard field goal, but, but there it was. And that set them up, I thought, for a good season. And I really believed that because I'd seen the last two years, a loss at Kansas State, and a loss at Boston College in overtime in September that was just kind of, uh, you know, deflators and doesn't make or break a season, but they kind of set the tone a bit for what well, were both mediocre seasons. But that was an exhilarating win over a really good top 25 team defending Big 12 champs. And, and here we are. Missouri just kept getting better and better and growing with more confidence. And now, Mark, if, if the Tigers can win at Arkansas, they will be in a New Year's Six game. I believe that, and I certainly think that's the track they're on. So, you you know, the Mizzou mentality and going into last weekend, the Mizzou mentality was, ah, we're going to blow one of these games. And man, that was so close against Florida. But, you know, these these conference games are close and, and we knew it was going to be like that. But good teams, Chris, as you know, they find a way to win those games. And, I, you know, when we were talking at the beginning of the season, Brady Cook was kind of getting booed in those first game. I can't even believe that. And the way that he has performed this year and the confidence that he shows and the way that he ran that last drive last weekend not only fourth and 17 but on that you know the next play was significant to get a little bit more for uh, the thicker kicker what a performance by Brady this year Chris absolutely he's been terrific and you know he uh, had a lot of a grief from folks but you know last year he, he suffered a torn labrum in the third game of the season at K-State which I just mentioned and played the rest of the year it's just how tough a kid he is and this year he's been healthy and and just great and he's the the reason why they are um where they are, the Tigers, the big reason, the main reason, the number one reason, obviously it's just more than him because it's been a real team effort. But, I mean, obviously they're not to this point without his stellar play. And that last drive last week was uh, basically perfect given the the distance and the time and what they were able to accomplish. And you're right, uh, I do know the Mizzou mentality quite well, thank you, and I've heard (laughs) from a lot of people who were expecting the worst even as that game unfolded. But, but as I said uh, on the air during the broadcast and then with Coach Drinkwitz uh, at, right after the game live at the time that, you know, the, a game like that, a win like that is what really is part of a special season. You know, special teams win games like that in special seasons. And here Missouri is on the verge again of a 10-win season and, and perhaps a, a great bowl to look forward to. So, Chris, I don't think you can underestimate the coaching staff having this team ready week after week. And they have that challenge again this week. So let's talk about Arkansas a little. You can't take, you can't sleep on any SEC game, right? Not not Vanderbilt, not South Carolina, anybody. So what are your expectations? I mean, this is a team that can put some offense together, right, Arkansas? Absolutely. No, it's a good team, uh, a good, talented team, I should say. They're four and seven, so the records don't lie. I'm not going to make things up. But, uh, you know, they, they got smashed a couple weeks ago at home by Auburn, which was a shock. But let me tell you, after that, other than that, Mark, their losses, they've lost by three points to Alabama, three points to LSU, seven points to Ole Miss. They're all top 12 national teams, three points to Mississippi State, seven points to BYU. They've been in every game except for whatever reason, the game at home against Auburn a couple of weeks ago. So they are dangerous. Arguably their best player, Rocket Sanders, their star running back, has been out much of the season. He's only played in six games, been real limited when he has played. He got two carries last week as they've tried to work him back. So, you know, we'll see how effective and available he is uh, on Friday's game. But, you know, it's a team that is extremely dangerous. Uh, We'll also see they, they did announce that their coach, Sam Pittman, is coming back and how that affects the team. And I think it's a positive. I, I, I believe in that guy. He was an assistant at Mizzou years ago and 
you know, he took over Arkansas a few years ago. They had lost 19 straight SEC games. He arrives, they get three wins the first year, then they win nine in the Outback Bowl the second year. They win seven in the Liberty Bowl last year. This year they have fallen back. But again, the key injury and the close calls. But Missouri better not take this team lightly or it'll be surprised. Well, interestingly enough, a little trivia for you here, uh, Chris. You know me for a long time. Rocket Sanders. That I think that was one of my radio names in the past when I was doing rock radio. I, I would believe that. I would believe that. But I don't think you could run as fast as he can. Well, so you just kind of scared me a little bit more because I knew that this team had close <laughs> games. But, you know, now now you start to get nervous and the Mizzou mentality kicks in for Friday. But you just got to hope that they can put it together. So let me, let me ask you this question. Look, if there was a 12-team playoff, which I think we're heading to eventually here, maybe sooner rather than later, Mizzou is likely in if they win this game. Is there any scenario that can get them in? I'm not sure about the rest of the schedule that can get them into the playoff with the eight team format. Or is that, is that too much to ask at this point? Yeah, no, I really don't think so. You know, cause really it's just the four teams now this year, the two semifinal games. So it's four teams. And then next year it will be 12 teams that that is going to happen. But no, Missouri really is uh, in a good spot where it's ranked. It's number nine, which I think it should be. I don't think it should be a shot. Uh, spot higher, and you see who's ahead of them. My gosh, the right. real heavyweights from Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Washington, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Georgia. So, And all those teams are either unbeaten or just with one loss. And Missouri is the highest-ranked two-loss team. And, no, the math would have to be just silly, crazy math and uh, everything happen and then still have some luck to get to the top four. So that realistically is – it's yeah, not an I got option, you. but again, they, they can get in these New Year's Six, those other big bowl games. So what I hear is the Cotton Bowl most often, but what's the best bowl projection if you win, and then where are you maybe going to go? If you, I don't want to talk about losing, but they're obviously, if you, if you lose this final game, you're still going to be in a good bowl, but what would that expectation be? Well, I think if they win, they'll go to one of four bowls, uh, the, the other four New Year's Six bowls, which are not the semifinal games this year. In other words, the Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl are set up for the semifinals this year. The other four that rotate, with those two, but that are available to Missouri this year as part of the next group of teams would be Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, or Orange Bowl. And I don't know anything for sure, nor do do anybody really, because you've got to wait to see what teams are available in the pairings. But I, if I would guess, I would guess Cotton Bowl or Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, we've been to the Cotton Bowl a couple times over the years, and that is a great bowl. I mean, they treat folks so well as one of the oldest bowl games. And, and you know, Missouri recruits in Texas, not a, not a far trip at all. The Fiesta Bowl might be fun. You know, that's somewhere kind of new and different where Missouri hadn't been in decades to go back to our original conversation. And, you know, it's in basketball. They always seem to send us west for the NCAA tournament because so many of the strong teams are east. Football is not necessarily broken up that way, but, but Missouri's still located where we are in the, the, the middle of the country, of course, could be one shipped west just for geography, but it's not as big a deal in football. It's really based on matchups. So, just an educated guess, hopefully on my part when I say educated, I would think maybe the Cotton or Fiesta, but nothing is determined, and that is clearly just a guess on my part. So, you know, um, you get the extra practices. This is good for the team overall because you get to play together, and it helps you, I think, in, in the next season. Do you think, you know, one of the big disappointments in the last few weeks has been Ryan Wingo committing to Texas, but he seemed to leave the door open just a little bit, and then if you have a potential matchup against Texas in a bowl game, do you think there's room for him to change his mind? Oh, well, I think there's always room in this day and age, absolutely. And, of course, signing date's not until – December. So there's still time. And, and you're right. That is interesting because that has been one of the big rumors, you know, possibly Missouri and Texas in the Cotton Bowl if both teams, you know, here uh, win and, and are in that uh, New Year's Six conversation, you know, beyond the uh, semifinal game. So that'd almost be like a road game in some ways, unfortunately, for Missouri, of course, down there at, 
uh, AT&T and Arlington if that came came about. But, no, I think Wingo and I think any kids could change their mind. Missouri just got a flip uh, from a big uh, lineman who had committed to Colorado and Coach Sanders. He just changed his mind coming to Missouri. So nothing is set in stone, even more so than in the past with recruiting until the, the, the documents are signed. Remind me who's not going to be coming back because they're seniors. Cody Schrader's a senior, right? And by the way, what a great right. story he's been. Man, unbelievable. Unbelievable, yes. Yeah, St. Louis kid there, he's, he's just been great. Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. Uh, some key offensive linemen are gone. A lot of the defense will be gone. That's where Missouri will really have to beef up. So they lose a lot of guys, there's no doubt. The key returnees obviously be Brady Cook and Luther Burden, you know. But, <laughs> but much of the defense is gone. And then uh, Cody Schrader offensively would be a real uh, – loss, obviously, by his performance this year. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We look forward to the game on Friday afternoon down in Arkansas, and then we'll kind of await the, the ball picture. Before I let you go, Chris Trevino from the Tigers Radio Network is here. Let me just touch on basketball. It seems like it's going to be an up-and-down season. I watched that game. I kind of stumbled into the Minnesota game last week, and what a comeback that was. And then coming off an emotional high, they, they drop one at home to, who was it, Jackson State? Correct. Yeah, it was unbelievable. What a crazy couple of games in three days. Uh, Missouri comes back from 20 down in the last 11 and a half minutes yeah. of the game on the road. And then Jackson State comes in. And speaking of on the road, they left their campus like November 5th and had been gone the whole time. They didn't have a single road game yet. They had lost all five of their uh, a single home game. They lost all five of their road games, 0-5 coming into Missouri. And they beat the Tigers, which was just amazing. They were like 23-point underdogs, and I don't know that that means anything other than it's just perspective on what people thought going into that game. And Missouri at home uh, lost to this team, so it was really hard to believe. But a clear and loud wake-up call, and luckily for Missouri, it's early in the season. Frankly, most people are paying attention to football. But it is one that will count, certainly on the overall resume. So they're going to have to kind of make that one up as time goes on. Yeah, and that it, it, that one stings because you look at that schedule coming up here, and you got Wichita State in a couple of Sundays, right? You got uh, Kansas <laughs> right after that. Mm-hmm. Although, man, they lost to Marquette last night. That was a good game. And then Seton Hall. So in, in Illinois, the Bragging Rights game. Maybe you and I will hook up, and we'll talk at that point. But Gervino, thank great. you so much. You you have a great trip to Arkansas. Let's uh, take care of the pigs and see where we're going to head for a bowl. Have a great Thanksgiving, Chris Gervino. Do you have to be down in Arkansas before Friday? Will you will you not have Thanksgiving in Columbia? How does that work? Yeah, no, we travel on Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving afternoon. We're heading out about 2.30 with the team. But, uh, no, don't don't you worry about me, Mark. <laughs> You'll I be all right. Cheated. I'll get a little food, and I'll just leave <laughs> a little earlier than usual. But we'll be okay. But thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. Chris, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. My pleasure, buddy. Bye-bye. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This was an interesting news day for a while, and I started the show this way, and there was all kinds of attention for hours and hours and hours on what appeared to be a terrorist attack at the Canadian uh, U.S. border at Niagara Falls, and all of the border crossings, all four from the U.S. to Canada, were shut down. It doesn't seem at this point that it's a terror attack. So there was a car that was driving around in circles very fast, as witnesses describe, and then basically launched hit hit the yeah just hit the gas 
and hit an embankment or some sort of um, you know concrete barrier and then just flew up into the air. The one witness said it was like 15 feet into the air. Both people in the car died. There were a couple of injuries, but it doesn't seem like it was a terrorist attack. And, you know, Fox was like, and I think CNN, they were all full bore on this thing for hours and hours. And then when the you know, the real picture became clear. You haven't heard a thing about it. So That's right. The I just wanted to point that spoke out. Spoke and everybody disappeared. I have two serious ones and one light. I'll make it a trifecta audio cut of the day. Oh, if I could hit the right button, Sue. <laughs> Good Lord. You know what I just did? You don't even know. It doesn't, the audience doesn't, doesn't care. Matter. It doesn't matter. Take no. two. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. You know, I used to kind of like Claire McCaskill, and, and then she went on MSNBC, and she revealed to the rest of the world that everything she did in Missouri, I think she faked us out, because she sort of lost her mind. Now, I know she's playing to her crowd, but check this out. A lot of people have tried to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler and the use of the terminology like vermin and the, the, the drive that those men had towards autocracy and, and dictatorship. The difference, though, I think makes Donald Trump even more dangerous, and that is he has no philosophy he believes in. He is not trying to expand the boundaries of the United States of America. He's not trying to overcome a neighboring country. Like Putin is in Ukraine. He is not going for some grandiose scheme of international dominance. All he wants is to look in the mirror and see a guy who's president. Okay, that's, you know what? What? She really kind of just said, though, he's worse than Hitler and Mussolini. So that's, that's ridiculous. And there's Piers Morgan with Andrew Tate, who's a British media personality. Andrew's had some issues in the past, though, because he uh, was charged with human trafficking and rape and things like that. But Piers is arguing with him about whether Hamas is a terrorist group. There, One more time, is Hamas a terror group who committed an act of terrorism? I think that when you lock people in an open-air prison, you're going to have okay, to expect you're not retaliation. You're not no, because I have to... There's people who are... Firstly, first things I want to say, Piers. Do you don't mind me saying, I think it's spineless. Sure. I do. That's fine. You sound like Jeremy Corbyn. Well, that, that is an Did insult. you see my interview with him? No. Right. 15 times last week, I asked him the same question. 15 times, he prevaricated and wouldn't answer. Eventually, when someone does that enough times, you know what they really think. Okay. You don't think they're well, a terror let, group. Well, let me answer You don't think they're a terror group. No, what I think is this. On certain Because I'd be really curious what you think an act of terror is if it's not massacring 1,500 innocent people. Yeah, no people, kidding. It's not including that. Holocaust survivors, Pierce. kidnapping babies, Pierce. decapitating Pierce. people, cutting their limbs Pierce. off, raping women. Yeah, talk about missing limbs. We're going to talk about that when we talk about what we are, done. But so when we get there, it'll be in the context of you not admitting that was an act of so terror. So that, that is stunning. It wow. really is. And he talked about Jeremy Corbyn, who was the former Labour Party leader. Are you prepared you? to call is Hamas a terror group? Is it possible to have a rational you can't, discussion can you? with you? Is it possible? No, he went on and on and couldn't do that. Now, I promised one light audio cut of the day, so I have to get to Deion Sanders talking about Mount Rushmore. What's, the, what's those little foreheads that's in California? What do they call those? The people faces in, engraved? Mount Rushmore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. South Coast. I set up there. It's in where? South Coast. I thought it was in L.A. all this time. <laughs> wow, my geography. Oh, he's that's the Hollywood thing? I, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's Prime. Thank you. Prime knew as much as me. I guessed Wyoming like an idiot. Sue, have a great Thanksgiving. You too, Mark. We'll see you Monday. Get more at 971talk.com. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.